0: Welcome to The Session, The Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ben. Ben, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing well. This uh, I'm glad that 2020 is finally over. We've moved on to a different year, different beginnings, new things to do. But new beginnings. Yeah. New beginnings. Yeah. But 2020 still had its fair share of amazing learning lessons. I still did a lot. I learned a lot. And... Overall, like as as bad as that year was, I still can't take away any of my experiences. And you know, they there were definitely some good ones there. So
0: that that, that's a very mature way of saying you got the crap beat out of you by 2020. And I think a lot of people feel feel the exact same way. Black and blue,
1: they (laughs) they 2020 knocked me out, and you know, it was really with December. That really got me yeah. because everything, you know, like 2020, you know, I, uh, you know, I went to Iceland, I went to BC, Chicago, all these different places. So for the most part, 2020, even if it was terrible, there were certainly some redeeming things. But in December, my birthday month, that's yeah. when everything just spiraled way out of control. I had yeah. no idea what was going on. Um, in fact, because I was studying at the same time, and I just had so many different, you know. Uh, reasons to stress out. I actually did something that I'm somewhat excited, but also somewhat terrified of sharing because I feel like I'm going to get roasted.
0: Well, you know, let me let me put some of those uh, fears to ease. Uh, you will get roasted, so you don't have to be afraid <laughs> of it. It's going to happen, so might as well go ahead and share what you need to.
1: So I don't know how this came up on my feed. I don't know how all of this came about, but I embarked on a water fasting journey. Now, what is water fasting? Okay, so obviously you can drink water and that's it. Okay, you're not gonna be eating anything. You're not gonna be drinking, you know, I know you really like Fanta, you're not gonna be drinking that. You're not gonna be drinking Sprite, ginger ale, anything like, anything that has calories, you're not allowed to consume. This is only water. That you what can if it's
0: have. diet like Coke Zero or like my diet ginger ale? Uh,
1: there are some, you know, you know, those true oh, with this diet, diet Canada dry over there. Not sponsored, by the way. Put that away.
0: <laughs> I wish we were sponsored. Canada dry. I will be the best sponsor you have ever had. I'm addicted to this.
1: You ain't wetting nobody. You Canada dry. Remember that common line?
0: All right. Thanks for watching the session. Um, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe.
1: So yeah, I I decided to pick up water fasting again. I have no idea how this all came about, but I what I was really looking for at this time, and not to downplay not to downplay it as well. This is this was a very very cool and somewhat of a spiritual journey for me okay. um because the idea of not eating oh buddy <laughs> you know me and you <laughs> wait
0: why do you have to add me to that you could have you know, just said you know why no, you drag no. me down to your depths when you said that like,
1: that's a, all over right, all right. more you than me all right wait, when like, did
0: this become a roast for me We're, this whole point of it was to roast you like i know you ain't talking
1: <laughs> so so yeah i um I, I picked up water fasting and I and I had my goal set out for three days. Um, I wanted to do 72 full hours of not eating a single food, um, only drinking water. And again, there are some true water fasting like people who are just straight monks like, hey, don't even drink coffee, don't drink tea, none of that, only water. Um, because this was way too that was way too difficult for me. I decided to be able to drink black coffee, no sweeteners, no sugar, anything like that. and there, I started my three day fast. Um, I remember this was, I think, the uh, the fourth of December, mm-hmm. and um, I finished on the seventh. So, how do I, how do I, how do I explain what I did? What I did, remember. What, like,
0: what, what did it feel like in the moment?
1: I was very nervous to start. I was very nervous. I wasn't yeah, sure. I what to you were
0: <laughs> because
1: muscle. you know you don't even think about. You honestly don't even think about not you never think about not eating we're in such a blessed you know um in such a blessed place and we had we were given so many of these things that you just don't think about these essential things like water food shelter you don't think about not having it so immediately your frame of thinking automatically changes right after that when you take away food from yourself like willingly abstaining yourself from eating you immediately feel like okay well this is very different So I remember the first day was the hardest because, listen, I've never gone to sleep without a full belly of cake or brownies or rice or chicken, whatever. I have never gone to sleep without having a full belly. So when I was going when I was trying to go to bed and I was somewhat hungry, I'm like, hunger, huh? where did that come from? I've never, I've never been, before. I've never felt hunger. And you know, like I'm very blessed for it, of course, but at the same time, it really makes you think as well. There are so many people who are not willingly abstaining themselves from food, but they have to, they have to go to sleep hungry. Mm-hmm. And it really puts you in that frame of thinking. Like I could go downstairs and just stop fasting right now. That's fine. But I chose not to, uh, you know, I chose to kind of stay strong with this, reach my goal, and do something that I previously thought would have been completely impossible. So the first day was absolutely the hardest. However, I remember sleeping at like 11 o'clock at night, and I woke up at 6.45. Now, keep in mind, throughout this period, throughout 2020, I've been waking up around 10.30, maybe even 11.00. And buddy, I know you, you woke up like what today? at Like what? Two o'clock. So Yo.
0: <laughs> things happened I got out PM. of bed 1 p.m. I got out of bed. So
1: for for me, you know, waking up at 645 was so weird. I was like, holy, holy crap. Not only am I up early, but I'm also very energetic. Um, and basically what happens is, you know, when you're not eating, you just feel so much more alert. And I don't know if this is like, you know, pseudoscience or whatever you want to call it, but it somewhat makes sense when you think about our ancestors. They obviously didn't have access to food every single time. So they had to turn on that hunter kind of mindset and have to be alert at all times. And that made me think again, again, think reflecting on how our ancestors did things. They obviously didn't have access to food all the time. So it's not that abnormal to not eat in a day. To not eat for a couple of days. It's not the craziest thing ever. And I think that's what this whole entire experience taught me as well. So in the second day, I was just laser focused, and this is what I was looking for. Call it a placebo, call it what you want, but I was laser focused and I felt like I had this clarity because before this time, before water fasting, I was in a pretty, I was in a pretty tough spot. I had a lot of stress coming from you know work, coming from school, coming from studying, and just general family matters um, and, and personal stuff that really made me be in a very deep rut. Mm-hmm. So when I was fasting, when I wasn't focusing on food, first of all, I realized how much time I had in the day. And second of all, I realized how, you know, the mental clarity, being able to focus on one thing, really looking at my journal, writing to it, adding more entries. I remember I even took the time to write some raps as well. I'm just like, hey, this is a creative hobby of mine. Why, aren't, why am I not putting in time to this? Let me write again. I enjoy doing that. Basically, with not eating, I had so much time to do other things. And these other things really developed me. I, you know, like, develop me either spiritually or develop me in a way that, you know, it keeps me on top of my hobbies and keeps me, keeps me grounded in a way. Yeah. So that second day was my favorite day. Um, That was my absolute, like, I love fasting. This is the best thing that's happened. Um, The third day, and maybe this was mental because I realized that this was my time I could eat, you know, that day was particularly difficult. The morning of I was definitely energetic. It wasn't even a matter of hunger or not. But what you start to miss is texture. You start to miss the dopamine that you get from eating. You're not really worried about your hunger. You're really not that hungry after the first or second day. Maybe you'll get like a, you know, like a sprouts of hunger for five to 10 minutes and then you're over it. You're used to it by now. But what I found that was so fascinating was I just missed texture. Like missing solid foods, eating. I missed the the habit of doing that. So when it was mid midday, I was just looking for things to do. Again, my my mind was so alert. I just looked for things to do. Oh, we need to go to Home Depot to get some things. Okay, let me go. I'll go by myself. I want to pick this up. Let me do this hobby. What errand? Uh, what errand do we have le- left? We have groceries to do. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. And I'm just trying to make the time pass. But I remember this very clearly. It was at, you know, the time I I started my fast was at 7 p.m. the first day. And so this was at 6 p.m. on my last day. That last hour was the longest hour Never. It mm-hmm. literally felt like years. I kept looking at the clock, and you know, I just really wanted to make sure I hit that seventy-two. I didn't want to do like, you know, oh, it's a day off. Who cares? I really just wanted to hit seventy-two because um, I downloaded an app and it had a timer, and I just really wanted to again reach do something that I thought was previously impossible, and I mm-hmm. thought that was very, very huge in my in my own personal development. But, anyways. That last hour was the absolute longest. And the time that I could eat, oh man. You know, my parents were super supportive of this. So they got me a whole box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Mm. You know, they made, you what know, a way fresh to the fresh, fresh beef, cooked rice, all my favorite yeah. things. Um and, and I remember when I when I first ate and I started with that Krispy Kreme donut, just how happy I was. OK, because, again, it's not necessarily the hunger. It's yeah. the you just miss sugar. You miss eating the proteins, the carbohydrates, whatever the case. You just miss it. Yeah. And man, everything tasted 20 times better when you don't eat for a couple of days, a few days, man, your taste buds just erupt when it gets the first sense of food. And it tasted phenomenal. Everything tasted phenomenal. Of course, I downed like five donuts. Of course, I had to.
0: You had to. You know,
1: crazy experience, crazy. crazy crazy experience, huge for my own personal mindset, huge for understanding that hunger comes in waves and it doesn't get worse. You know, you don't get oh my gosh, by the third day, I was the hungriest or the second I was was like, no, hunger comes, but it goes away as well. And so that kind of changed my relationship with food at the same time. Understanding that if I'm hungry, it's not the end of the world. I don't need to right away eat. I can wait until I can. And I felt like food was no longer controlling me, but I was controlling food, if that makes sense.
0: Okay. Th- that's interesting. Cause I wanted to ask about, you know, kind of like, what did you take away from this? Like you, you talked about being hyper-focused in the moment and like you taking away, but like what, what is long-term, I guess, changed from this experience, if any
1: relationship with food, most definitely. Yeah. Um, I felt before that, um, I definitely had what, what, what they called, uh, like a I don't know if I would give myself a disorder. So I'm not gonna go that far, but I was definitely prone to binge eating. Yeah. Um, so maybe in the in the late night, or you know, if there's some time when I feel like I'm not really getting my foods in, I'm really, really, you know, healthy, at some point I completely crash and I eat everything in sight. Mm-hmm. And when you go through something like that or an episode like that, you really feel like you have no control. And that's a scary feeling. I remember at times I'm thinking, I'm looking at, you know, all of these different foods and I'm thinking to myself, I don't need to eat this. It's not even about hunger at this point. I'm eating for the sake of eating. Mm -hmm. And I felt so helpless and so out of control since, you know, participating in water fasting, it changed my relationship with food, understanding that this food right here, this thing that I'm looking at, it's going to be available tomorrow. It's not going to go away anytime soon. You know, unless you have like uh like a sibling who's going to eat your cake in front of you. I don't know. But even then, you could go to the grocery store and get it. It's not a big deal if you can't eat it at that very second. Mm-hmm. You can eat it later. Yeah, that was a huge. It's such a small thing. And maybe you already knew things like that. But when I was really thinking about it, I thought that is so true. I can eat this cake later. I can eat this, you know, piece of steak tomorrow, whatever. I don't need to eat at this very moment. I think that was my biggest takeaway from all of that. My second takeaway is understanding how much time is involved with food, the idea of food. Now it's not just eating. Eating is one thing, but preparing, even thinking about what you're going to eat, that takes up time and fills up your mental Capacity as well. So at the times when I was fasting, I wasn't thinking about food at all. You know, like of course I I told you I missed food, so I missed sugar, and I was thinking about stuff like that. But I wasn't thinking about okay, what am I going to eat for lunch right now? What am I going to eat for dinner? Oh, what snacks do I have? What's in the fridge? What's the point? I'm not going to be eating anyway. I'm I'm abstaining from it. Those were two of my most major takeaways from from um from water fasting. Reflecting on how much time we have without the idea of food and also changing my relationship with food at the
0: same time. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, kudos to you for, for setting a goal, committing to it and and going through with it. I don't know if I could ever willingly <laughs> abstain from food to, it, in that same way for that duration <laughs> of time, but it's, it's, I think the, the premise behind it's interesting, right? You know, like don't let, uh, not to say addiction, but don't let something in your life have power over you. You should have power over it, right? Kind of thing, whatever it might be, whether it's video games or eating or drugs or whatever it is, right? That, that someone has in their life, like to, to use res- whatever it is responsibly. And in your case, it was food, right? To use responsibly.
1: Feeling power again, yeah. feeling in control was so important at that time in my life uh, that, you know, I owe a lot to to that, to changing my mindset and fine-tuning it a little bit. Um, so, no, I, I I agree with you, man. Like, this really put control over it. That's good. Uh, do you have, like, a hobby of yours or anything that really takes over you that you find that, you know, you were able to put a stop to it or it's difficult to get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Just generally speaking, I know you have somewhat of an, of an addicting personality. Like when you find something, you really stick to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am kind of like that. I guess video games to an extent, maybe more when I was younger um, yeah. and I would be able to kind of I had nothing else going on in my life. So I'd just be like, oh, let me just do more of that. Um, You know, like I think back to like my Call of Duty days and stuff like that, where I yep. just grind for like the entire day. I'd just be playing Call of Duty. Um i think what kind of maybe helped me break out of that mold was more so just time passing and having other things to fill up my life because it's yeah. hard to when, when you're when you're you know not to say addicted but you know when you have something like that that you're very reliant on in your life and it takes up such a big portion of your life you can't really just remove it without filling in the gaps with something else and you kind of hit at that right where you're just looking for things to do you're like let me run an errand let me pick up a hobby let me do something right because if you have, if you take away the bad and you don't fill it with something else good, then you're just going to go back to the way things were. And it's like, it's not going to work that well. Right. So for me, I don't think it was a conscious effort, like where I'm like, oh my God, video games are ruining my life. And I got to like, move on. It was more so just like, you know, you get busy. And I feel like a lot of people feel the same way, right? Where they just don't have the time to do the things that they used to like doing when they were younger. Right. And sometimes it's just like a matter of, yeah, I could sit here and just do this, or I can like, i don't know go hang out with my friends in person i could go watch a basketball game i could go like do like a million other things right that just became more attractive than sitting alone and playing video games call of duty until like my eyes are out, kind of thing so mm-hmm. i think that i think that's probably what it is for me but but it's but it, but it's interesting nonetheless and you know um Again, for, for legal reasons, we we here at the session don't uh, encourage anyone to to take part in water fast without consulting with your medical professional. But but the premise behind what Ben's saying I think is really important. I'm sure everyone listening and watching on YouTube right now can probably think of something that they're like, I wish I did a little less of this, or I wish blank had less control over my life, and and you can probably just you know start make, taking some steps to cutting that out right by filling it and replacing it with stuff that you'd rather be doing or that you'd want to do.
1: Yeah, it would, it, again, it's a mindset thing. It's, yeah. it's a mindset thing, and it really changes the way you think. And um, it's crazy, like with a clean and fresh and powerful mind, how much that translates over to everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, like this thing with food, change my relationships with people, understanding and valuing that more, Um, you know, change my relationship with even, you know, spending less time doing things that are not developing me personally and finding a balance on things. And I think that's the main point that I want to bring in right now is balance is so important Mm -hmm. Um, with everything. Doing too much of anything is, is not a good idea. You can even have too much water and die. So Mm -hmm. You, you want to make sure or you try to bring everything in balance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I actually wanted to share something with you while we are on this topic. I was talking to um, a couple of friends of mine and, we, and I brought up the idea of mind, body, and spirit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I noticed, and I want to get your input in on this as well, is when I find that either my mind, my body, or my spirit is lagging, It leads to unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So, what do I mean by that? Well, I found when I wasn't really studying that well, or when I was, you know, like in between jobs, my mind was Mm lagging. And I feel like that directly led to my. directly led to some unhappiness even if i was working out even if i was you know maybe like practicing my faith or mm-hmm. you know in tune with religion with my mind being out of sync it's not like the other two can make up for it mm-hmm. um so i found that the mind needs to be in a in a healthy state it needs to be balanced just like everything else Now, moving on to the body part for me personally, when I'm not working out, when I'm not eating right, I find that my body is lagging. And again, that leads to unhappiness for me. Mm -hmm. I'm moving on to even spirit. This doesn't have to be just religion, by the way. This could be anything that makes you feel in touch with, you know, earth or whatever you want to call it. But for me, for example, when I'm not maybe that fine tuned with religion, I find that it also leads to unhappiness. So why did I bring this up? My main takeaway and my main reflection, the reason why I'm bringing this up is Mm -hmm. I find that mind, body, and spirit all need to be balanced for true happiness. Now that could be a bit of a, like kind of a statement. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think about that?
0: I think this woke as hell. Um, (laughs) Kyrie Irving, where you at? Yeah, (laughs) Is, uh, this is getting so for 2 p.m in the afternoon this is getting woke um uh you know i just miss these conversations think, with you I man i yeah, had so much I, to share we with haven't, you we haven't we haven't talked like this in so long and like i love these so 100%. much of, so much of our conversations used to be like this right but yeah uh this damn panasonic that we're living in has just kind of uh messed that up for us limiting uh, that no doubt yeah uh, I, I i you know i think i agree with you to an extent m- my whole thing is I I don't think everybody out there weighs all of those things equally or even close to equally, right? Because I think it's possible for people to be happy if they if they only care about say one of those things or two of those things or 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 you know maybe there's a fourth that I'm not considering, right? Because I haven't sat down with it yet. But I think like it's possible. Like I, I don't know. I think back to phases in my life where I had close to all three going for me, but I still wasn't happy or as happy as I was when I only had say two or one of those going for me, right? Later on in my life. And I think that's just because at a certain point in my life, I didn't care about that anymore. Right. Where like when I, when I think about like body right now, like, yeah, it's important to me. Like for for sure. Yeah. I, I care about it, but it's like, am I at the peak level of, Performance and physique that I'd want to be at, or am I even trending in that direction? No, probably not. But I'm okay. I'm pretty happy. Like I'm, I, I, I don't think that it's like kind of inhibiting me from reaching like my full potential or something like that. And who knows? Maybe, maybe if I was there, I, I would feel even better, right? But I think back to other points in my life where I did have all three, and I compare myself to right now, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm pretty happy right now. Like I, I think I'm happier now than I was then, right? So, mm. so I think there's, um within each of those three parameters that you listed there's it's probably like i mean it's all relative to the person but people attach different weights to them right and some things matter more to that's others, a right? really good and, point and i, I think, think for
1: you you've yeah. definitely value that mind part and i think your mind yeah. has definitely matured over the years a lot because you're right i i was yeah. thinking uh, right when you mentioned that that's such a good point you know all of them could be you know Not necessarily in sync, but Mm -hmm. maybe none of them are lagging, but that still doesn't mean that you're going to be feeling overall happiness. You could be happier right now because you weight things differently. That's a really good point, man. So
0: it's like an incremental increase in like if you think about it from like math, each of those has like a multiplier. Right. And it's like if I take like this amount of increase and I put it towards my mind that's going to result in this much happiness. But I take that same incremental effort and I put it towards my body and it's only going to multiply out to like this much happiness. Right. And, and for those of you who can't see my hands on, if come watch us on YouTube at the session, a basketball podcast. So you can see my, my, me talk with my hands, but, but, but essentially what I'm saying is like, if, if you don't wait something that important, if it's not that important to you, then devoting time and effort to trying to increase that part of your life, like maybe it overall, it doesn't impact you as much as what you do care about. Right. And and that's okay. Right. I think what's important is understanding what is it that makes you happy? What are your drivers for happiness? Right. And then, and then, you know, focusing on that. And personally, like you said, mind and keeping my mind clear, it's something that I spent a lot of like active effort on this past year in 2020. And like, how do I, you know, how do I solve problems and how do I turn my brain off when I need to, right? When I no longer need to be stressed out, how do I get rid of the stress, right? You know, it's easy to say, like, oh, just don't stress, right? But it's like, how do I actually put that into practice, right? You no, know, like, I feel like I've been trying to get better and better at that.
1: It's a famous, you know, Omar, he just gives the best diagnosis on things. I remember this one time, I was so stressed out, you know, ahead of my exam. And I come to Omar, and I'm like, hey, man, I, I, I'm, I'm really stressed for my exam, man. Like, what are your thoughts? What do you think I should do? And Omar looks me right in the eye, and he tells me, Ben, man, just don't stress.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. In, in my defense, in my defense. You just don't the, stress you are the start of this you are the start of this i remember when our friend of the pod wasi was really sad because because of, of this famous celebrity that he really like passed away the yeah mac, yeah mac passed away and then he's just talking about how sad he is and then just in the group chat ben says wasi man don't be sad. And the entire chat pauses like, okay, you know, what, what is he going to say? You know, don't be sad. He's in a better place. Don't be sad. At least he got to see how much the world appreciated. Like what, what's the ending of this sentence? He says, don't be sad. And we all pause. Two minutes have gone by. He hasn't said anything. We're like, Ben, like, are you like, what else? Like, are you going to say? He's like, Oh no, that's it. Don't be sad. That, that, that was your advice. (laughs) Someone one is grieving and your advice to them is put your hand on their shoulder. Don't be sad. And you just walk away and you're like, what the hell? And me before my final master's exam, where it's like, it was an elective course that I didn't pay any attention to. And I was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to pass this exam. Like, what am I supposed to do? And the night before I'm stressing and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to pass. And then a-, a message in the chat and-, and you respond with, don't fail. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't think of okay, that. wait, I can't believe wait. I didn't think of that. Before,
1: before I get a hard tab over this, listen, am I wrong? Is the answer not? Don't fail. If you yeah. want to pass, just pass. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? If you're, if you're sad right now, just be happy. I love
0: this as much that's... as much as I'm shitting on you. Honestly, during that exam, the next day, this exam <laughs> was during the. Uh, uh, if I'm trying to remember. It was during the championship parade? No, that was a midterm. My final was much later, I think. So the final that I was writing, it was, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm writing and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to pass this exam. I might fail. I'm looking at it. And I thought back to the words that you said, like, Eight hours ago when, when I was stressing, like, you said don't fail. So I looked at it and I'm like, all right, I guess I won't fail. And yeah. then I literally I don't know what I did, but the way oh I did it, I grabbed God. whatever marks I could and I didn't fail. So that's
1: it. It's it's as simple as that. And you also must have taken, and you, you know, look, you had my voice in your head when I said, I love trucks so much and I want to get a truck. Yeah. Because you just told me before this podcast, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Omar Shabir is a truck owner. I'm a, tell I'm a tell us guy. about that, man.
0: I'm, I'm I'm a truck guy. So, what made you, know,
1: you get a truck in the first place?
0: I've I've always wanted one. I've always wanted a truck, and um, you know there was a, a good deal in the market, and um, the money ended up working out where I traded in my my the Civic that I had, the hatchback, which I did enjoy quite a bit. That was a
1: nice car, man. That blue, it looked it looked yeah. cool, man. I, I really cool.
0: I really did like it, but I've kind of always wanted a truck, and you know something reliable that I can hang onto for for a few years. So I just went with it and uh, uh, got got the truck and it's it's I feel bad that I haven't gotten a chance to enjoy it as much as I could, because yeah. I think I got it in December at some point, if I'm trying to remember. And since then, I mean, it's just been COVID's been crazy and then yeah, a stay yeah. at home order. So it's like I haven't done anything. I haven't gone out too much. But I do enjoy it when I do get a chance to drive it whether it's for running errands or groceries or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh I, guys, I really do enjoy you it. know,
1: all, no frills is two as a 2-minute drive away and Omar could 4 minutes total of driving his truck and he just he's just smiling, you know? You yeah. love the little things in life.
0: It's, it's now, the little things.
1: You know, tell us about the model. Tell us about everything, man. How did you yeah. find that initial drive and, and all of that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh so it was a uh 20 uh 20 Oh God, I feel awful for not remembering. Twenty twenty, uh GMC Canyon. Um, uh, it's uh, it's a crew cab, so it's got four doors with a short bed in the back. It's got a Sick. bed liner in there. My brother and I installed a um, a tonneau cover at the back. So, so that was what's that. Was- that? It's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, if you throw stuff in the back of your truck, um, anyone can just reach in and grab it, right? So it's like, it covers it up. It's like a roll-up version. Um, So it's like easily rolled back up. So I can leave it open. Yeah. I like the idea of having the bed open in the back uh, for like, you know, going in the gym, I can throw my gym bag in there and then take it out quickly. Things like that, you know? Um, I like the idea of it, but also like you know, for if I'm out shopping and like with you, mind like we bought something and we put it in there, and like I don't want someone to steal it, right? So the cover, it's like you roll it down and lock it in, so it's an, it's an, you can't open <laughs> until it.
1: until that person is you. Now this is what I picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> some poor guy is, is gonna be at the parking lot and be like, oh man, like uh looks like these guys just did some groceries. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a snack for myself. Little do they know that Omar's hiding underneath that cover. <laughs> they put it <laughs> they open it, they see Omar looking right at them, like
0: the smiling what are you upside down. down. <laughs> like, oh you thought, huh? Oh, man. but
1: Matt like how is it like driving it is it everything I love it expected I, to be? I, I love no? it
0: it's it's a raised driving position it's so comfortable like I just want to go on a long road trip and like uh and and I feel like it would be incredibly comfortable for that um it it drives great in the snow uh, the tires uh, are are really nice in the snow as well and like just the um the presence that you have on the road I really enjoy um I don't know I've always wanted to be a truck guy, and now that I've become a truck guy, I don't know if I can go back. And my brother's kind of the same way. He got a truck first in the family, and from him driving it, he's just like he's stuck now. He's he's forever just gonna be a truck guy. Like he can't go back now. So I
1: feel like the same way. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with this, but um, people who own Jeeps, they have a Jeep wave. Did you yeah. know that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jeep. Oh, okay.
1: Wave. So I, I, didn't know that that was like common yeah. knowledge. Unless you're being sarcastic, right? No, no,
0: I did, I yeah. did. I, okay, okay. <laughs> way, I thought, was yeah.
1: like, I, I thought I completely mis, misread no, your I, face. No, I wouldn't like, say that's common- trolling me. No,
0: I wouldn't say it's common knowledge. I'm just into cars a lot, so. Yeah, okay.
1: So there's apparently a Jeep wave, which I thought was 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 so silly. Yeah. Um, take your little Jeep and drive away someplace. Stop bothering everybody. <laughs> Yo, but being
0: friendly for, for
1: for trucks, I'm wondering if there's like a truck greeting. Like, what do you guys yeah, like? Get up yeah. with an American flag, or like, what do you guys no, do? No,
0: it's uh, it's a middle finger. You, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no truck, no, nothing that you. It's nice a middle truck. finger. But,
1: uh, hey, man, how's it going?
0: <laughs> like, how's it going? Yeah, it's a, that's how you do it, man. <laughs> oh my god! No, okay, there's uh, uh, there's no universal truck thing because the Jeep community is like really um really tight uh um, yeah. tightly knit and stuff like that and and then it's like you know a single make a single model kind of thing whereas with um trucks there's so many different kinds like I don't think there's there's anything like that but but I am I am looking forward to being out on the road more and you know giving them a little like a little nod you know when I when I see someone at the truck and they'll be like who the hell is this guy why is And he from
1: that, like- that point Omar goes straight to jail <laughs> like this random <laughs> man bund Person is is waving at me. Yeah. Someone get him away from me! But yeah. <laughs> man, regardless, congratulations. Thank you. I cannot wait when all this craziness is over just to take a look at it. Yeah. I don't know if you're gonna actually gonna let me inside the truck. No, but, you can hey, be in the hey, the back. Love to, yeah. You can be in the
0: back.
1: <laughs> I'll be the guard. <laughs>
0: Sitting in the back yeah i'm i'm just on i don't know i'm honestly every time i go on a drive with it i'm like i just want to go on a long road trip so hopefully yeah. you know later this year things improve you know with vaccines and stuff like that i think i would really enjoy something like that just take take some time off and then go on a go on a long drive somewhere um you know we
1: should take a long drive yeah go to a freaking uh where, where are they right now Tampa bay yeah where are the Raptors at right now? Tampa. I forgot where they're at. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, Bay. yeah. Go to Tampa and help them out because they need it. Goodness gracious! Well,
0: you know, you know, the only people who need help in Tampa it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> get out Tampa of here! Bay get Buccaneers. out of here with that dude! It's it, they need some help, oh, man. We need Brady tomorrow. tomorrow. They're going up against Woo! the greatest. Look, I we won't get too too deep into it, but I have been trying to watch more football this season. Well, that's a lie. I've been nice. trying to watch more Kansas City games this season. So I've seen a few, um, and then playoffs for sure. I've tried to watch most. Um, look, Mahomes is the greatest. Okay, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I said Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time before he won his first ring. And of tomorrow- all time, to- yeah, he's the greatest quarterback of all time before he won his first ring. And tomorrow he'll have two. And next year he'll have three
1: ladies and gentlemen. Just continue. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what listening to Nick wrong does for you. When he gives oh, that Nick propaganda Wright. Nick Wright is and he something. and he tells you he these ridiculous correct. things, many, you know, how, they start to believe it, it.
0: No, look, what would it take for Patrick Mahomes to be the greatest of all time?
1: Six rings like my boy Brady.
0: Okay. Six rings. Give him. Uh, this year's tomorrow's gonna be two, and then four. More Until years.
1: that happens, yeah. he can't be the greatest of all time. He'll be the. We, we can have the discussion at six, but I'm watching this. Uh, the discussion at the, six, discussion, at six. the have discussion, have discussion at, at six. I'll have the discussion at twenty eight and three. Do you know what what that means? Do you know what twenty eight and three means? Yes. That's down three one level stuff right there. That's what Brady pulled off Four touchdowns. My brother and I were just talking about it on the phone today. Uh, you know, we were really both excited about the, uh, the Super Bowl tomorrow. And we were just, you know, just um, asking, like, where we're going to be watching it, how we're going to be uh, preparing for it and all of that. And he was telling me more about Brady. Now, disclaimer for everybody listening. I'm not a big football guy. I'm not going to portray myself as one. However, I love narrative, which is one of the biggest reasons why I'm into basketball. The narrative surrounding Tom Brady is probably one of the best right now to me. The idea that he's this 43-year-old grandpa, right, who's still schooling quarterbacks, went through Drew Brees, went through Aaron Rodgers, and made it to the Super Bowl when everybody doubted him for leaving Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Him being in the Super Bowl is already greatness. See, what's crazy about Tom Brady right now is... This is the player you should be rooting for. Uh, Everything about your love for LeBron James no. and Cleveland at that time in 2018, no. that's the exact same thing. Look, Tom Brady is Tom taking Brady a needs bunch of people.
0: He needs <laughs> to, he needs LeBron James. Is- <laughs> LeBron, never retire. Tom Brady, go home, old man. Go home.
1: Go it's, home, old man. It's,
0: it's, it's, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson?
1: But man, Tom Brady's competitiveness. It's not even, he's not even competitive. He's a complete psychopath. He's absolutely psychotic, which is what drew me to him. You know, similar to that, MJ. Like, dude, Brady's like, I'm not even chasing other footballs, uh, football legends, uh, records anymore. Like, I've already got six rings. I'm trying to get my seventh so I can beat Michael Jordan in terms of how many championships, bro. This is not even like football-related competition. He's looking past football. That's so go. That that is so goat to me. Look, look, I love everything about Brady it's, it's right it's now. Only, and Loki, you want time, to as it's, well. it's you as well. You want to as well
0: look brady would have been fine if he wasn't going up against mahomes i swear mahomes has like the best win percentage when he's down mahomes is an insane quarterback literally like so and so good he plays better when they're down he plays better when they're down and last super bowl um in the in the conference championship game before the finals like weren't they down like crazy like 20 20 uh points or something like that and then they came back again like it's it's crazy like he you know that meme it's like um uh Patrick Mahomes in the first half and then Patrick Mahomes once <laughs> yeah like getting back up like, sits up with the controller in his hand and stuff like that that's literally what it is the the man is the best clutch performer in the league it's it's oh, Mahomes league. yeah he's so oh good. man but
1: on here's the thing Omar he just drives but the, Brady is literally he's called the comeback kid that's literally his nickname since college they were down 31 to like three or something 31 17 i'm just watching this documentary right now on brady since college he's got that nickname the comeback kid he threw like
0: he he threw like three or four like uh interceptions like last freaking um uh game and last game yeah but Mm -hmm. still won and 28 and three. Well, dude, That's Aaron Rodgers' fault because he didn't run it into the end zone, man. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers so, so you know, I'm
1: sure there that. are people who absolutely yeah. love Tom Brady that are listening to this right now who probably want to smack the hell out of both of us because, first of all, I can't defend him that well because I don't know too much about him, and I but I know damn well. <laughs>
0: You so none of of was, kind of not We're, not just, we're not both not blindfolded was. Swinging at each other Hitting ourselves amongst But
1: regardless of yeah. anything Narrative and otherwise Tomorrow is going to be A special special game Yeah uh, What are your plans for Do you have anything prepared How are you going to be watching it
0: I'm uh, going to watch it off a of, You know a, a reliable legal stream Um <laughs> Uh, in in my basement. and uh, that that's it. Like, I feel bad because I think last year I had people over for the Super Bowl. Did you end up coming to watch? Oh, I don't think Bowl I was there for that.
1: I think I was watching okay. with my fam at that point. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, i had I had friends over. and like that was like one of the last times, like, you know, we we hung out, hung out properly. I think, I think it was Super Bowl, and then I also had people over for the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. And then that was kind of like the last time I had friends over, which which is really sad to think about. But
1: and you you had um, the opportunity, they just didn't want to come, you know? Like
0: I uh... hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. So I it's just gonna be alone. Um my sister's been kind of bugging me, saying, like, oh, it's a super bowl, we should get wings. And I'm like, wait, but you don't even watch football. It's like, no, like don't so deny funny. me the Super Bowl. We gotta get wings. the Super Bowl
1: experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's part of the experience. I'm like, you're just gonna take the wings and go upstairs and like Netflix party with your <laughs> friends. <laughs> but uh I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll get some food or something. But yeah, just gonna kind of be watching on my own and and that's about it. What about you?
1: Um so we're doing the Super Bowl experience. My oh, okay. my family's pretty big yes. on it. My dad worked at a uh um at a grill and like a yeah. um a bar before so he's very familiar with how the super bowl especially at a sports bar like how important yeah. these events are so he was telling me about how they used to have like you know just like finger food you're not trying to be elegant you have use cutlery and pick up what you know so it's like yeah. yo have some meatballs, deep fry that eat it you yeah. know get some chicken wings fry that eat it just yeah. you know anything that's just easy you're not really thinking that type of thing. I do wish my brother was here. It'd be a lot of fun if we were all together watching it. Cause having somebody, he's like a, uh, like a trivia guy. Like this guy will just give you random facts about a certain player, about a certain team. And it just keeps the entertainment going even through commercials. So, you know, I wish he's he was here. A huge Tom Brady. Fan. Oh, huge, yeah. huge, huge Tom Brady fan. Although mm-hmm. I will say, I'm going to go live on this one. I remember at a point because my whole thing is, I follow the good teams b- yeah. before, right? Not not so much now because I like the Jays and I like the Thunder. But before, yeah. I loved the New York Yankees. I loved Roger Federer. And this is when these guys were like champion. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just a complete bandwagoner. Yeah. I originally liked Tom Brady because he was killing it on the Patriots before. Yeah. My brother was a Peyton Manning fan. Oh, okay. Wow. He was an okay. Indianapolis Colts. Um, Peyton Manning fan. I'll never forget this because the only reason I know this is because even the coach I remember was yeah. his name, uh Tim or Tom Dungy or something like that. But I remember very, very well my my brother was definitely a uh, a Manning fan. The truth and comes I, out. And the I was and out. I was a Brady fan. I there remember this. Know.
0: This is why this is why he's gonna give me a hard time such- over this, yeah. but
1: I'm telling you right now, I'm exposing him live. He was a Manning fan
0: we're going right into the WhatsApp group chat after this, just to, just to really drive it off. All right. The but
1: besides that, it's just going to be, you know, pretty much just hanging out with the fam, everybody watching together. It's something to do, right? I mean, yeah. uh, given the circumstances with what's going on outside and how we're not able to go outside, this is the best that we can do. And it's important even if you're not into the sport to bring everyone together, watch something together. It's it's yeah. a good way to do it's that. A collective
0: so. experience. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Well,
0: you know, when t- tomorrow uh, the Buccaneers lose, at least Tampa Bay <laughs> will still be hosting one team that's champions. And those are our Toronto Raptors. Uh,
1: slow start though. Hey, eh? what's going yeah. on with them, man? I, yeah. I, I, they're just not, I mean, first of all, shout out to Freddie, 54 points.
0: Yeah. 11 threes. Yeah. Insane and, game. And, hey, last night, big win as well against, against, uh, against, against the, the Nets. Nets. Kyle yep. Lowry, Pascal Siakam. You know, uh, it's good. They're sixth in the conference. Sixth, now? Yeah, the
1: one from 10th to sixth yeah. uh, after beating the Nets. So the Eastern Conference is still like all over the place. You yeah. can, you know, the Raptors are still a playoff team. Don't get me wrong. Oh, They're yeah. going to make the playoffs, no doubt about it. But I just didn't expect the start. I don't know if you did. No, um,
0: it was it was a lot of caught me by surprise. Games. It was a lot of winnable games that just they didn't win, and I guess that's how the that's how coin flips occur, right? Sometimes yeah. you, you lose them all, and it was late late game decision making, and a lot of people lost faith in faith in Nick Nurse, but I you know I held, held strong. I've seen what he's capable of, and you know that that's where they are. It's funny. I I follow a bunch of Raptors reporters as well on Twitter, right? And there's this guy, I um, think Blake Murphy. He writes for the Athletic. Um, he, uh, he did a round table earlier on in the season and it's like a bottom of the Eastern conference round table where it's like the Knicks were there. Like, you know, Charlotte was there, like all the worst teams in the East were there and the Raptors were also there. He was representing the Raptors and he's just like, come read this round table, bottom of the Eastern conference round table in brackets. I don't belong here. <laughs> Like it's like he's never (laughs) had to do like bottom of the east round table work like the
1: Raptors didn't belong there. It's it's so it's so ridiculous. Like you have a world-class coach and Nick Nurse who I still who I still believe in.
0: Yeah, and he's shown like the ability to kind of get this team back on its feet, right? After this rough start.
1: What I think it is, is just front court, man. The lack of a front court. Losing Gasol was one thing, losing Ibaka was even bigger, man. Like beyond his his numbers, his locker room presence. And I think the Raptors really felt.
0: Oh, hey! Oh, sorry. I think it might
1: have uh, cut off a little bit.
0: No. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was on my end. Uh, oh, okay. My end. It's been a little acting up, I think. But I think we're back.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. what I was saying was Serge Ibaka's presence, just not on the court, but even off the court was so important. So losing him was. And what did we really replace him with? We got Aaron Baines. Like I'm seeing that new kid Watanabe. Like I'm not even sure, you know, how this team Boucher has been pretty good. To be he, fair, yeah, he, Boucher has been putting up. I just up some don't numbers. think he's
0: there yet at, he that, isn't. at that level, right? He isn't. Like, and I didn't even realize. I thought he was young. Like he's old. Moroz was telling me, like he's like like in 27 or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not even he's not even young. So it's not to be like, oh, let's develop him or whatever. Center of the future or whatever. So it's it's been it's been rough to watch, but you know. I think I was fine with, again, I'm still riding off the championship high, right? Like I'm, I'm course, that man. old head. I'm that old head who's going to ride off this for so long. So this would have been a fine season for them to tank too. Like, honestly, like if that's what they chose to do and, and tank, like that would have been okay because, you know, no fans, it's easy to stomach it. It's a COVID season anyways, right. You know, or make it a wash and, and tank, but you know, they're, they're back up there. I project that they'll probably finish, you know, fourth or fifth or something like that in, in the Eastern Conference. I, they're a good team. Um, but obviously, like, I don't think anyone has championship aspirations this year for for this team. And that's OK. I think there's just a lot of decisions that need to be made. First and foremost being Masai Ujiri, right? Like we, you saw Bobby Webster got uh, extended uh, multi-year, multi-year. Uh, contract for him. <laughs> now it's just like lock Masai down and then we're, we're set, right? Let's, let's see where this offseason takes us.
1: Yeah, I, I felt a little a little optimistic with uh, Bobby Webster signing that multi-year contract because I just feel like Bobby Webster, Nick Nurse, you know, two two of yeah. the three-headed monster. Uh, we just need Masai to give us that okay that he's going to be uh, signing as well. And I'll feel that we're at good hands. But what I do want to bring up with you is, you know, if we are to tank, yeah, uh, which very well could be the case, is Masai the right guy? Hmm. Um, you know, looking at his past, um, looking at how he drafts, he doesn't strike me as the strongest drafter. Yeah. You know, and obviously he's at late picks and 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 so on and so forth, but he doesn't strike me as like the strongest. And on top of that, does he even have an interest for a rebuilding team? Is that the reason why he's delaying signing with the Raptors again to see where this team could go, to see if yeah. there's any trade interest for another go at it. Cause we've got a Lowry who's quite old himself at 30, what four 33. I forgot exactly. Um, and if Siakam doesn't shape up to be that player that we all expected him to be, that's another dud. We signed FBV for, you know, a pretty, you know, it's, it's a great price and, and mm-hmm. we needed him. We needed to sign him, but I'm just saying we locked him up. So he's here with the Raps regardless. There's a lot of things that are just getting locked down. So do you think Masai is patiently waiting to see where, you know, how the dice rolls? And if it does roll to the point where it needs to be drafting, is he the right guy for the Raptors? Mm-hmm. How do you think, or what's your what are your what are your thoughts on all of that?
0: I think I think is kind of at that position where any open job on the on in the league he he can get right he can get any open job job in the league that he, that he wants. I just think that he has the most leverage here, right? I think he has the most leverage here. He has that championship equity. He has the ability to command whatever it might be, whether it's an ownership percentage or something like that, right? Like he has the ability to do that here. So from a financial perspective, I don't think anyone can beat Toronto. Um, and then other than that, I, I do understand the the hesitancy to, to kind of commit to see where, where the team's going. But, you know, in Maasai, we trust, right? Like if it's got it doesn't have to be a multi-year rebuild, right? It could be like down one year, retool, come back the next, right? Like make moves on the margins and see, see what we have, right? You never know what a championship window looks like, right? And and our championship year taught us that, right? Like, you know, we took one trade with the Kawhi Leonard trade to bring us to that championship threshold. And then it took, you know, other moves around the league. It took injuries, it took things like that. And you never know when your window opens up, right? So I think staying, there's value in staying competitive, at that level being always one trade away or one move away from being in being in the conversation i think there's value in that um and and i think messiah is the right guy for it right he's shown the willingness to pull the trigger when the time's right so let's trust him right let's see if he can pull the trigger when the time is right
1: yeah no i i I was thinking the same thing too i was just pro messiah pro everything messiah is the best and you know he hasn't given me a reason to doubt him but Um, you you know, I was just thinking about past drafts, and if we were to go on the route of, you know, preparing for the future, tanking for the future, then it's going to be a change in the locker, a change of mindset, yeah, yeah, an identity shift. It'll be it'll be a lot, right? So, you know, I wanted to get your 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 thoughts on on how you know it should be handled from the rappers' perspective.
0: Yeah, but 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 you know, I think um, I think they've kind of earn the trust of the fan base enough to the point where let's, let's see where this shakes out. Right. Yeah. Let's let's see where that goes. And like you said, if we have Nick nurse, if we have Bobby Webster, if we have Masai Ujiri, like I think we're, I think we're three headed monster, man, regardless. We're in a good place with that. You know, who's, you know, who's not in a good place though. The, 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 the the team that was in the NBA finals, the Miami heat, like, Uh, they, they're
1: disappointing me, man. Um. (sighs) I'm hearing rumblings of picking up Bobby Beal of Bobby Beal Bradley Bradley. Beal. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Bradley Beal is going to stick with the Wizards um, and the Wizards a little bit after, but uh, I'm very surprised with, with how that team is. Um, The, yeah, the heat, they're just not performing the way that a team that went to the finals that took two games from the Lakers should be performing. And I'm trying to figure out what that piece is. Was it a bubble fluke? Uh, were they not supposed to be there you can't say that when they they pretty much got went through the east um not challenged all that much and they took a couple of games away from the, the behemoth like the lakers i can't figure out what it is with the heat i don't know what they're missing i don't know what they need is damna's just not doing as well as he did before did people start to figure out how they work i don't know
0: it i think i think it's uh i think one is They got big shoes to fill, their own off the bubble, off that performance, and some people might be saying, you know, the bubble teams that had good chemistry tended to do better, and you know, that's that might be part of the reason why Heat culture made its way through, and and all those things. And I mean, another is just like Jimmy Butler's been disappointing; like he's he's he has not he. Like they were selling us on a clash of the titans between Jimmy Butler and LeBron James in the finals, and that is. <laughs> what do you think
1: of it right not, now? It sounds so silly. Like,
0: <laughs> like let, let me let me just say it like this: like Ben Simmons has more three pointers this year than Jimmy Butler. Like, one that's the stat. He has zero. <laughs> like he has zero three pointers this, this year, oh, and like man. this was a guy who was hitting like step backs in the finals in uh, in LeBron's face. Like, so what? What's what's going on? Like. I don't know. Maybe he's taken the year off and he's just like, let's try in the playoffs. Like, I I I don't know, but, but they do they have not been did they
1: earn something like that? Like if you're yeah. if you're the Lakers, you can say, Oh, let's just steam through, or even the Clippers, whatever. Um, you could be like, Yeah, we'll we'll try in the playoffs. Like, we've earned that right to just try only in the playoffs. Well, maybe not the Clippers so much, but you know, there are certain teams that have. If you're the Heat, what have you really done besides that one bubble um, experience that makes you believe you can just keep taking easy until the playoffs? Yeah, that's not that's not how these things work here. You still have very young guys and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and even mm-hmm. Bam who still need to understand chemistry and how teams play and how teams work besides the bubble. So if that's truly what it is, that's that's not a good mindset to have for the heat. And it's clearly showing they're not doing well at all. I don't know where they are in the standings, but um, they have not struck me as a team that's performing to their capability to say the least, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for, for, for sure. It's, it's interesting to, to watch kind of the, the difference between how the Lakers and the heat then ended up facing this season. Like you have the Lakers that are best team in the league still They're, you know, LeBron is uh, maybe number one, number two when it comes to MVP. And, and it's it's crazy to see like how they've gone about this season having such short rest and such short breaks versus how the heat have gone about it. Uh it's 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 let's see where the playoffs go, let's see how they how they perform. But you know, if they have a low, low seating, right? If they have a low seating going into the playoffs, they're going up against a what a Brooklyn Nets first round, a, a Philadelphia 76ers. Like that is not easy, right? that is not easy to, to go through in your first round. So it, it's going to be interesting, right? Like, I don't know, break it down like this. Who do you see winning in a playoff series? Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, which which we haven't even talked about too much, right? So,
1: Before going to the Nets, though, I did have an interesting conversation with my brother in the morning today about the 76ers. Yeah. And um, what I wanted to bring up with you is my brother is kind of saying how the Sixers are going to be playing this postseason similar to how the Raptors did in the uh, in their championship run? So what mm-hmm. do I mean by that? Embiid playing that Kawhi role of being the number one guy. Yeah, because Embiid has been beasting and feasting. This man has been doing insane numbers. He's been doing so well throughout this season. And even last season, Embiid is just a a superstar. Like, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, people have their opinions on on Ben Simmons. And, you know, but the 76ers have some great depth. Mm -hmm. Like Steph Curry in a very weird way. He's an undersized guard, but he can explode for maybe 20 points sometimes. Yeah. Similar to maybe how Fred Van Vliet was throughout the Raptors run. Maybe mm-hmm. Seth Curry can kind of fill those roles of like a light uh, FBV. Who knows? I mean, throughout the Philly series, Fred Van Lee was useless. It was in Milwaukee when he got a lot more comfortable is when he really came out and really started adding value to the Raptors. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the 76ers are going to be doing this thing where it's not necessarily a 1A, 1B type thing with Embiid and Ben Simmons, but you have the 1, the Embiid, similar to how there was Kawhi, um, but then you have a lot of depth surrounding and supporting the main superstar.
0: 100%. This is Embiid's team. It's always been Embiid's team. Um, And this season kind of just goes to show like what is possible. Like we, we always talk about what the team could have been, what the team could have done to get better. Right. We've always like, Oh, you know, whether it's a trade, whether it's a move around the margins, but, almost every team for it to go from that stage of like you know not a contender yet to now being a contender what is the biggest thing that needs to happen a tangible step needs to be taken by its superstars right that's what needs to happen if if Devin Booker starts playing out of his mind like say Luca last season or, or 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 you know LeBron this season or something like that all of a sudden Phoenix is in a conversation right like that's all it takes you can talk about like different moves that can be made and that's the biggest thing it was and Embiid has been improving every year that he's been in the league but this year has just been a massive jump that he's taken and and it's two part it's it's one him and it's to what you were getting at the team being constructed to support Embiid right everything is about Embiid, everything is about how do we make our offense work with Embiid, how do we make our defense work with Embiid, right? And every player on the court, their job is to make their Embiid's life easier, right? In whatever way, whether it's Ben Simmons creating shots for shooters to take pressure off Embiid in the post, whether it's Embiid getting better at passing out of the post because he has reliable shooters he can throw it to, whether it's Tobias Harris drawing a double team when he's at the elbow or something like that, right? Like whatever it is, it's how do I make Embiid's life easier, right? And Daryl Morey understands that he understands that we win or lose we, we we live or die off of Embiid and that's what this season's going to be right so in the postseason I think we're going to see a lot of that we're going to see double teams triple teams being thrown at Embiid and it's going to be on Embiid to continue to perform at that level and to see how do I make my team better from this right how do I pass out of the post how do I draw the pressure that I need and how do I anchor the defense uh, he has been the best offensive and the best defensive player for the Philadelphia 76ers and if they win this season, it's because Embiid is going to play at a finals MVP level, right? That's all it's going to come down to.
1: I think the only thing that's holding... Well, first of all, I, I don't think Daryl Morey is done. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the Sixers and I'm watching the Nets because I expect them to do something. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Nets are going to be looking for a center. We will, we we will get to them, but I think they're looking for a center to really complete that because DJ's corpse is not enough for a championship contender. Could you imagine him going up against Embiid?
0: Like, oh my gosh, it's their, a joke. Their, Embiid joke. will top fifty a night. Like, they will not be absolute able to stop joke. Him. and be able to stop him.
1: and the Nets recognize that yeah. they leverage way too much of the future to not take that step. But anyways. Going to the Sixers as well. I think the only thing that's holding you guys back right now is Tobias Harris. LA fitness yeah. Jay Cole. I am just not
0: a fan of. Yeah, he's, like, he's been playing really well recently. Has he, he, had a, he had a rough start. He had a rough start. And I have not been the biggest Tobias Harris guy. He had a rough start, but like I can admit when I was wrong, he really did come back. Like he's played consistently. He had that game winner against the Lakers. Like it's it's been it's been like very consistent tobias he's shooting like 42 percent or something like that from three like he always plays well under doc he always plays well under doc and and we're seeing that right so he's been really consistent so that's yeah, a good point
1: he, I, I did forget yeah. about the doc and tobias harris connection at the, the, the Clippers. The yeah
0: tobias whisperer man like so so tobias harris has been like really consistent and the, the, my only thing is he's been and from like a I think that the thing that we've been seeing about Tobias just watching the games this season has been the things I didn't like about him last year. He's gone ahead and fixed. He makes decisions quicker, which I'm so happy about. Right. He will shoot the ball so much quicker before he used to just it'd be a ball stopper. Right. You'd be swinging the ball, get to Tobias. He'd just think about it. He wouldn't shoot threes. He'd be hesitant, stuff like that. Now he's letting it fly, and I'm happy with that, right? Like, I'm okay. Players are going to miss shots, right? Like, when you think about it, a 40% uh, shooter, right? A 40% three-point shooter, that's a good number, right? That, that means they miss three out of five shots, right? For every two shots they hit, they miss three shots. I'm okay with people missing shots. I'm okay if Tobias misses shots. But the, the, the fact that he can quickly make a decision, that's what keeps this offense humming. And it's been, like, kind of beautiful to watch when all the starters are in. Um, so Tobias, like, I think, I think it's good. And I, and the thing about Maury is I, I understand what you're saying. Like, let's look at Maury's moves when the first thing he did when he joined the first thing he did within a week and a half two weeks he's like Al Horford get the hell out of here like (laughs) you're done he took a look at the roster and he's like what can I work with what can I salvage and what's just gone like cut my losses move on from it Al Horford cut my losses move on Josh Richardson cut my losses move on right can't make it work can't make Tobias he kept because when you look at his market value because he's getting like that 200 million dollar contract right You, you look at it and you're like Am I going to get anything out of this trade? Like, what am mm. I really going to get from a value perspective? Let me trust Doc. Doc wanted Tobias to stay. He's like, I can work with him. I can do this. He trusted Doc. That's a good point. And, and, and so far, it's been paying off, right? Let's see in the playoffs. Everything always comes down to, you know, of like, course. Can, can it be done in the playoffs? And, you know, I hope this quick decision making stays. I hope everyone's healthy for for Embiid's sake so, so we can get like a good run out of him. But I don't know. I, I I think Doc might hold steadfast. They might make some moves here and there along the margins. But I think the core is going to hold pretty consistent, at least for this year. We might see changes in the offseason, off depending on how the playoffs happen. Fair enough. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was looking at the Sixers depth first of all. I'm just like, oh, this is a very solid team. Uh they can definitely make something happen. Yeah. My only reservations was first of all, um I wasn't sure how Tobias Harris would be. Yeah. Uh it seems like in the playoffs he just comes up short.
0: Yeah. He has. He has historically so so you're you have history in, on your side, right? When when you make claims like that and I'm the one that's trying to fight up against that. Or sorry, not me, but like, you know, Tobias has to prove yeah. all of that stuff wrong, right? He exactly. to prove that he can do it, right? Like a lot of other players in the league that's like, hey, this isn't just a fad. And my other thing
1: that's kind of uh reserving me from not immediately thinking that the Sixers are gonna be going all the way is uh Doc Rivers. I find Doc to actually be a very overrated coach. Yeah. Um he had that OA championship, don't get me wrong, but you know, for that one championship, he's also had multiple three one, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: embarrassing playoff yeah. performances yeah. and that's definitely got to be held against doc so yeah. is he going to be able to make those adjustments in the playoffs um and that's that's another thing that i you know that any sixers fan should look towards is yeah. how can doc do in this in this playoff uh, playoff run um and and if and if he doesn't perform that well then conversations may have to take place because you've got such insane talent in this roster right now it's got to be used you can't you can't waste that time right you want to you want to give them you want to give them a fighting chance all the time
0: yeah i i you know full disclosure i haven't been a a huge doc guy to to kind of um start the uh before before he joined here but what i have seen thus far from doc compared to his last couple uh postings the last couple seasons that i've that i've watched him is He's been a bit more flexible this year, which I'm happy about in the regular season. You'll see him kind of, he's doing what he can to make Embiid's life easier. The plays that he's running and, and the way he's kind of you know uh, staggering minutes and things like that he's doing what he can to make kind of Embiid's life easier which I'm happy about and he's also shown a flexibility like the other the other day they were down against uh, who am I forgetting was Indiana or something like that he switched to like zone randomly in the fourth quarter and and they came back off that right like it's like he's shown an ability to tinker mid-game which I'm happy about and and maybe it's like maybe it's the personnel that he has at his disposal. He has really versatile defenders in like Ben Simmons and Matisse Dival. He has like very like versatile, like offensive creators like Joel Embiid and stuff like that. Like maybe he has a versatility that he didn't have before, but I, I don't know. Let's, let's see how it, how it plays out in the playoffs, but I have seen like a degree of flexibility that I didn't know he was kind of capable of. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, but I am kind of nervous because you know he's known as the three one guy, right? Like it's happened so many times in his career. Hard to escape something like that. And that Boston roster that won—it's like you. It wasn't really coaching that helped them win that one, right? Like that was a roster that was going to win, kind of regardless of the coach. So it it is—he has been overrated. But maybe this is kind of a redemption season for him too, to kind of redefine it, right? You know, he's—I'm sure he sees like paul george and like stuff like talk talking crap about him and like the in in interviews and stuff like that about how like all the plays were not being run for him he was making him run like jj reddick and stuff like that like i'm sure he hears all that and he's probably like yo i'm gonna win this season i'm gonna show you guys that like i can do it right i'm still a championship coach so
1: hey man speaking of star players being able to win a championship yeah come on we gotta talk about the nets um yeah. picked up Kevin Durant, picked up Kyrie Irving, picked up Harden. Uh they were there from before but they recently just they 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 did it. They got James Harden and now you yeah. have three Hall of Famers in a starting lineup that looks like, you know, an all-star game. Yeah. It's 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 insane to me and um you know they they're doing well so far. They're making it work. Mm-hmm. Uh they've had some rocky moments no doubt about it, but at the same time, hey, like it's working. Um, Harden's getting his, Kyrie's getting his, and KD most importantly, because it doesn't matter how those two do if KD isn't right. He's playing rather well as well. He's looking like KD from before. Comeback player know? of
0: the year. Comeback. He player has not. Of the year. He has
1: not him. missed a step, and I'm so happy for him, especially coming from an injury like that. Yeah. I thought we'd always have to live with 75 percent KD, but this yeah. he's looking really, really good right now. Yeah. So. That was, a, that was a historic moment, just seeing Twitter and Instagram, seeing all these, you know, different um, images of James Harden being a net, you know, and the conspiracy theories surrounding that as well. How You know, Kyrie Irving just happened to just leave and, you know, tank his tank trade his value for yeah. that Harden coming, you know, all that aside, at the end of the day, the result is you've got three Hall of Famers. Do you think that translates to an automatic finals, um, finals birth? You know, like, how do you feel about the Nets and what do you think? Because it is a Stars League. And so I'm battling between that and the fact that, you know, depth matters because I've seen it with the Raptors. But then I'm also like, yeah, those three guys, like, it's so difficult when you see it. How intimidating is that to see those three guys looking right at you? It's scary, man.
0: Yeah. Honestly, with the Nets, I think of them. I I don't know if I can put a, a I I don't know if I can predict you know what where they're gonna end up or anything like that. What I can say is I think that's a team that's floor is the Eastern Conference Finals. Like the the the, the, yeah. the absolute minimum. Yeah, doesn't matter about anything else. This is a team that's gonna be in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's yeah. only a matter of who are they up against, kind of. right yeah. when, when it comes to seeding. I just I'm so worried about the defense. Right, I'm so oh, worried about the defense yep. when it comes to it. like they lost yep. twice in a row to the Cavs. Like colin sexton like dropping 40 yeah like <laughs> this is a team this is a team that's that's game plan is score 150 points yep. a game because if we don't they're gonna score 140 and they're gonna like because that, that's the only way we win right by, by just machine gunning more points out of it and it's like i don't know if that's reliable i don't know if they're still going to be able to Kind it goes against everything uppers, right?
1: that's fundamental basketball. Like you need boards and you need defense, yeah. especially in the playoffs if you're going to be winning, especially as a championship team. You need to get boards, you need to have defense. Uh, Lakers, you've got AD who's got yeah. both, and, you know, just surrounding role players who can grab you boards and can get you, you know, who can guard key players. The Nets, who do they got? When you're looking at, you know, Harden, I believe, is an underrated defender, but he ain't no, you know, Tony Allen. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. KD's got length, but dude, that defense is troubling. I feel like they've got to get rid of Joe Harris. He's like the like the, the piece that they're going to be dangling in front of a bunch of different franchises because they don't need that spacing right now. They need to get some key players to defend. They need to get some size and make like let DJ's corpse rot in the graveyard because he is not going to be able to sustain that. Like playing in the playoffs, his body's just not capable of doing that. They need to get rid of certain players and make that starting five more with more boards, with more defense. Like,
0: like, dude, like, think I, about the it.
1: defense is really concerning.
0: KD is the only plus defender they have in <laughs> the starting lineup. Yeah. Like, he's well, ex- literally exactly. the only plus defender. And do you that's want not KD exerting work. himself on, on defense? Not like
1: going to work. Do, you, do no you want him exerting himself
0: on defense and stuff like that? Like it's. Like- I will
1: say there were times where they surprised me. You know, there were times I uh, against the Clippers, against the Bucks, like teams that I guess they respect in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they turn it on. Uh, They turn it up a notch, but that's not championship defense. That is not going to help you win games in a playoff setting. So while they can turn it on, they are not defenders. Again, as you said, the only plus defender is KD.
0: It's, it's he is weird. not going to be the it's, you know. It's like a scientific experiment, right? It's like yeah. what's what what can win an, an immovable object or like an unstoppable force? Yeah, and it's like yeah. you could you could talk yourself into cycles because on the one hand you say. Defense is going to be important because, you know, you're not going to get the offense that you always want in the playoffs, right? And and we've seen that even with James Harden, right? You know, the whistles blow silent, even though he is getting fouled and things like that. You don't always get the offense that you want, which is why you need to be able to get stops on the defensive end. Now, on the other hand, you have freaking Kevin Durant on the team who will always get the offense that he wants, right? So it's like Kyrie Irving is a player to do that as well, right? And stuff like that. So it's like, on the other hand, it's like, who cares about getting stops because the players that we have will always get ours, no matter what, right? Like you can't stop Kevin Durant. That's just who he is. Right. And one of the greatest offensive players in NBA history. So it's like, what, what, you know, which one is the fallacy, which like principle ends up winning out right when it comes to playoff basketball. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Like, I think, we as fans are gonna overreact to anything that happens in the first round. Yeah. With this team, yeah. like whether it's like they drop one game, like oh, there we go, there we, we go. It. We knew it. Over the Lakers, we're done. last year. Over the Lakers, <laughs> and uh, or or you know they 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 four roll the first their first round or whatever. Like whoever it is, like Miami, Indiana, whatever it ends up being, they four them, and then we're like, all right, championship team, let's go. So we're gonna overreact to anything. It's, it's just gonna be interesting i think I think what would really interest me as like a, a fan of the sport and, and dramas is, is like how is that locker room gonna to hold together right like in, mm-hmm. in, in in during controversy during like um they they lose like a couple of playoff games in a row like how does that locker room look like if right? this was
1: me I'm trading Kyrie Irving
0: Oh, if this damn. was me,
1: I'm not even taking that risk. Yeah. KD and Harden is enough firepower. You don't need another tank or more artillery. What you need is people to hold a fort with defense, get you some solid role players who can get you boards and, and help you defend. You've got Harden and KD. Dude, come on. Even Harden and KD, that's enough. Kyrie Irving is not even necessary. Who do,
0: who do you trade him for? Russell Westbrook? Just, oh my just gosh. Just to bring it all back together. Oh my
1: gosh. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. And then they go down 3 Oh man, they go up 3-1. Who knows?
0: I, but I, I saw a thing. Quick aside. I saw a thing where it's like, you know, the the OKC big three. Every combination has occurred. You've had Harden and Russ. You've had Russ and KD. You've had Harden and KD. It's like it. every yeah. combination ha- has occurred. It's like they just need to all oh, come man. back together now.
1: When they're, when they're old and gray, play some pickup. That's the only time I want to see them together at this point. But um, that's what I would do because I'm not taking that risk with Kyrie. I don't care what conspiracy theory there is. He is a very odd person. His whole thing was, hey, I'm going to retire by the time I'm like 30 something. I want to get out of this league. He doesn't, he recognizes, and maybe this is a good thing, but not if you're, you know, really focused on the sport. He sees things that are bigger than basketball and really focuses in on stuff like that. Right. But when you're trying to win a championship, miss me with that. Focus only on the sport. Don't focus on anything else. All right. Like, so Kyrie's Irving mindset is there. He doesn't, he cares, but he doesn't care. I don't know how else to describe it. And he, and with him, there's a lot of potential for things to go south. Mm -hmm. Harden has shown to be a diva. Katie is hella sensitive. That locker room can go down in flames. And I believe the person who would instigate all of that would be Kyrie.
0: You know that's that's it's interesting. I think I think the fact that like the general media and general fans tend to be really against Kyrie Irving has made me more and more over these last couple of years a Kyrie Irving like stand. Like I'm a <laughs> You're pretty <so> weird. <laughs> I'm a pretty serious like I'm a staunch like pro Kyrie guy. Like I think part of that was I, I hated it when he left LeBron. I hated it. Like I to watch my King struggle like that. Like that was rough. And then um, for him to go blow things up in Boston and walk away, like he earned a special place in my heart for that. Right. To, to, to ruin that team. And I'll look at them. They're irrelevant. Brad Stevens is on the hot seat. Shout out to Isum. Um <laughs> But I don't know. I I I find him incredibly interesting. I feel like Kyrie Irving and I would would get along great. We would have amazing conversations. And are I,
1: you kidding me? We'd both water fast for like fourteen days, and we talk about our experiences.
0: And and a part of it's also like I feel like people are just like uh, they they're so quick to judge Kyrie, and they're so quick like yeah he's dude as we should as we should. Weird, he says some weird stuff, but it's like I don't. The know. The man was like, burning sage. That's like part of his like he's he's uh he's uh he's Native American like it's part of his heritage right so it's like you know you got to burn sage you got to burn sage <laughs> you burn quick sage side code. note have you seen the beef that uh, that's, that's that happened like today or something you know B dot oh. you know the guy who mimics yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 you, know, you know Max is nice he's another guy that does that oh I'm not too
1: I know B not Ada but not yeah. not Max is nice
0: I hate that Max he's so annoying he does that one LeBron impression where he's like blowing on his hands oh okay yeah. anyways um uh he he d- he posted like a video or something like uh the two of them together like you know uh what katie and Kyrie be like pre-game and like katie's like warming up doing his like warm-up routine and max is nice in the background like burning like pretending to burn sage he's burning like paper or something and like stomping it out and stuff like that Kyrie comments on the video saying like you oh know, this was funny, but tell your counterpart or whatever that he's disrespecting my uh, uh, Af- uh, natural, uh, sorry, Native American roots and stuff like that. And that's disrespectful to my culture and stuff like that. And that guy's response to that was, "Yo, fight me in a boxing match, hundred k." Oh my like, god, putting up like like straight oh, like aw, Jake Paul or whatever. That's comedy. When an it's idiot. just like, and he's like, he's like, he's trying to do that, and it's just like, bro, like really, like. What are you doing? What like, a bad luck! Someone, someone says like, "Yo, you're disrespecting me and my heritage and my culture." And your first response is, "Bro, boxing match, let's go." He's just trying to get clout and like make money. And That's stuff what like that.
1: that's what this whole generation has yeah. become yeah. now. Like, it, it's so ridiculous. Like, I can yeah. go on about how YouTube is the state of YouTube, but it's so mm-hmm. stupid how what these people are doing for clout. Yeah. It's so silly. But you Honestly. know. Just- yeah. Trying to stay on topic a yeah. bit about about you know about the nets. I I didn't know that. I've got to look yeah. into that by the way. But that's so silly. Come on, yeah. grow up. Yeah. You know, fight me in a boxing match. Grow up. Yeah. Now, when I say that, yeah, but I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't all have to think like me. <laughs> you have know, Kyrie Irving messages on my Instagram post. I'm like, yo, fight me. <laughs> Let's water Why fast are you and then fight. This? <laughs>
0: I have everything wrong with society. You actually are. You actually are. He's like, yo, look <laughs> at society. Me, part of society. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, I don't know. I, I I think overall, I think I'm going to cut him some more slack. Um, More so than I would like other players. But that-
1: out of everyone, you've got to believe that if if anything's going to start, it's going to be from Kyrie, man. I don't see anybody else instigating from that team.
0: I don't know. I feel like Kyrie might do something but I feel like it'll be hard in the one who gets offended. He gets maybe, offended. Maybe, he this gets is offended. maybe this is me because I'm feel slighted the fact that he didn't come to Philly but but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever.
1: Hey man, that wasn't that wasn't him. That that, that was, was all- a- for days. Uh, yeah. Dude, he would to refuse to work with mori What an idiot? He got such a bad package. I heard that Rockets are gonna be looking to looking to trade all the depot or something like that. Yeah. No. What a ridiculous package. They got nothing from Harden. They got a bag of chips <laughs> Harden, man. So yeah. dumb. The,
0: the, like those picks are gonna be useless. Like the swap. So
1: useless. Like, Come and on. Like, the, the Give me a break. Useless. Get over your feelings and, and take that trade with Philly. But anyways.
0: It, it It is what it is, you know, but, you know, I guess, I guess moving on from them, I think one of the last things I wanted to cover, uh, or actually, you know what, staying on this topic, um, on the nets here, uh, you saw last night, uh, what happened with Kevin Durant, right? And yes. how the league kind of handled it. So, so for those of you that weren't aware, before the game, it was announced that KD wouldn't be available because of health and safety protocols, which refers to COVID testing and contact tracing. So if someone's potentially exposed to someone who had COVID, they're held out due to, quote, health and safety protocols. KD not available beginning of the game. I think it's like second quarter or something. KD is now available and returns. They're like, okay, all clear. He can play. He plays for like, I don't know, like 18 minutes, 19 minutes of, of basketball time and then he gets pulled from the game due to health and safety protocols. So it's like what is the NBA doing? Like what are we really doing here that a player is deemed unavailable, then available, and then no longer available again. It's like are we sure that things are done quote in it out of an abundance of caution? Like you saw KD go after the league for for that um Again, just to set the stage, like he tweeted like, you know, free free me or something like that. And then he tweeted about how the NBA isn't fooling anyone by using terms like added of an abundance of caution. Like this is like like they don't have this stuff under control. You have the NBA talking about how they want an all star game in Atlanta. And they ask the biggest star in what league history or something, LeBron James and the biggest star right now. How do you feel about an all-star game? The guy who's always number one in all-star voting every single year, he's number one in all-star voting. They ask him, how do you feel about the all-star game? The man responds with, I have zero energy and zero interest. You have Giannis, the the, the back-to-back MVP, the defensive player of the year. You ask him, he says, I share LeBron's sentiments. Uh, I have no energy, no interest in an all-star game. You have other stars, Kemba Walker and stuff coming out, like, like the league's in, in trouble. Side note. Giannis said you got to follow the big dog showing respect to LeBron James that that felt good that felt good Giannis earned some brownie points for me you know showing respect where it's due but but essentially you have the biggest stars in the league you have Kevin Durant LeBron James Giannis like there are no bigger stars in the league out of those three right and you have them saying like what is the NBA doing with this right like the NBA is in trouble like this is a big deal when when your biggest stars are against what you're trying to push which is Clearly, a money grab. What are your? It is a
1: business. Yeah, the NBA is a business, and that's what they're looking at. It's clear that they are focused on profits over health. Yeah. and that is one of the one of the craziest things because Adam Silver, I thought, was doing pretty good. He was doing pretty decent until this little scuffle. And it's so silly. The whole Kevin Durant thing was, it's a nationally televised game. We need Kevin Durant to play. We want to show everybody, you know, that you know the Nets at full strength versus the Raptors, whatever. That's the reason why they let him in in the first place. But is that worth jeopardizing not only his health, but everybody else that's playing that game?
0: Two teams who go on to play two other teams and two others. Right. St- like Raptors play another team. And it's just like, Like the risk, what are we we doing here? Right. What are we doing? Like at the, at the end of the day, like there is a pandemic going on, right? Like, what has it gone anywhere? What are we really doing here? Like this is what I don't like about Adam Silver. Like he's his, his wokeness when it comes to all these topics, it's all performative, right? At the end of the day, it's a business. And the only thing he's ever cared about is, is money. money. Even when he taught, when he, when he made this pledge against tanking and all that stuff, like, like, the number of teams that tank have only increased his whole thing was against Philly and the, the, sorry, the 76ers there was just all about like, I can't show that the league isn't competitive because they wanted to legalize gambling and they wanted to get in on the gambling market and stuff like that. It's like, that's all it's been. It's always been about money when it comes to Adam silver. And, and I'm glad that the league stars are standing up for it. I hope the fans realize like they don't get manipulated by the league into hating their own stars And the fans realize that like we need to support our players when they say like, no, this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Like there, there was a, there's a famous uh, basketball uh, reporter. He was like a veteran in the field up Sekou Smith. um, He, he passed away recently because of COVID. Right. And he he had COVID and and he passed away and it was really sad because, you know, he was like a, a mentor to a lot of other reporters that like maybe we're more familiar with. Right. And he uh he passed away and it's it's so crazy to watch like i saw this tweet where the atlanta hawks uh tweeted you know in memory of and and they talked about you know rest in peace to him and stuff like that and the immediate tweet following that was like we have now allowed fans into the lower bowl of the arena and and we will be increasing the number of our capacity of fans that can attend during the games and stuff like that just to make more money and stuff like that right and it's like really like you you realize that people are dying every day due to this thing. And, and you're out here trying to make things like more unsafe. You have fans sitting courtside that take their mask off to yell at players. Like, why are fans courtside? Why is this a thing? Like, Like, I get it, you know, we need to keep this business running and stuff like that. But But really, like we can go a few we can go a season without courtside fans. I think that's okay, Right. I think that would be the bare minimum. Right. These random people that are sitting courtside from God knows where that aren't getting tested as regularly as the people on the court. Like what is going on here?
1: They've handled this so poorly, yeah. um. You know, the bubble—the bubble was one thing, but again, it's—it's it's money. They realize that they're not. It's not going to be sustainable, and it's not going to be um growing income if they're just going to be playing in one place. Yeah. And of course, in order to get money from this, uh, from the games as well they need to get people on. And it's usually those big dogs who are able to sit courtside, like, hey, I I have have my sense of entitlement. I have a right to sit here and I will sit here and I'll pay you the extra bucks to turn the other To turn the other cheek. And that's clearly what Adam Silver and and the NBA did. They completely folded over. It's absolutely disgusting because you're right. These people are not getting tested as regularly. They're treating these NBA players like they're animals, like they're Mm -hmm. people that are not regular human beings. Listen, COVID hasn't gotten anywhere. Mm -hmm. COVID's still there. Mm -hmm. In fact, If anything, it's getting worse because we've got these variants that are coming out that can complicate things even further. Like, come on, look at Carl Anthony Towns' story and tell me you're going to be taking these steps. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. If I was cat, I'd refuse to even play in the NBA at all. Mm -hmm. Like you clearly took nothing away from my story. And this is a complete slap in the face to anybody who was affected. Not, you know, not not only as severely as Cat but even Russ, even Harden, people who had Corona, they're just like, why am I taking this risk to play the stadium when I've got these random people, like you said, taking their masks off to say something, to yell at me, to heckle, to do whatever? It's so irresponsible. And don't even get me started on the All-Star game. Are you kidding me? What's the point of that? Not only are All-Star games not even, you know, really... The All-Star game, I think the fans like it a lot more than the players yeah. because for the players, this is their time where they could just spend time with family. Mm-hmm. They're human beings too. They want to spend time with their kids. They want to spend time with their partners. They're not doing that because of the All-Star game. That's fine. For
0: the fans and it's for money, right?
1: But now, you know, you're putting their lives in danger. God God forbid one of them gets it. Every single star gets it. And it's not even about the basketball season not resuming anymore. We're talking about life or death, Mm -hmm. right? COVID is serious. COVID is still here. Just brushing it under the rug and forgetting about it is not going to do you any favors. Mm -hmm. This was completely irresponsible by Adam Silver and by the NBA and it's on it's honestly surprising i expected so much more and maybe that's my own fault but i expected so much more from these guys it's it really hurts their reputation because they clearly do not value their players
0: yeah it, it, the the league overall has just been like really disappointing when it when it when it comes to stuff like this maybe disappointing is not the right word because i don't know if i expected any better for them right i've always had the feeling like you know it's always been performative for them right all of this stuff and it's just been like you know, again, like taking it back to like, I there's got to be a middle ground, right? There's got to be, I get it, you have these rules and stuff like that, but there's got to be, you can't do a bubble because a lot of players were against the bubble. They didn't want to go eight months without seeing their family and stuff like that. I get it, right? I understand. Maybe you don't do a bubble, but you got to have smarter measures in place, right? Like what are, what's, what's going on, right? The fact that we were at the beginning of the season, we were okay with random untested guests going to the hotels of NBA players and stuff when they're on the road. It's like, really? Like, really, that's okay? Like you didn't think this one through like with everything going on? There's there's got to be a middle ground. And and I understand that the existence of the league and the continuous functioning of the league continues to provide for a lot of players, a lot of staff, a lot of, uh, you know, ancillary staff at the at the arenas and stuff like that. So if the season was canceled, it would hurt a lot of regular people. I understand the need to continue to have the season to support them. But there has got to be a middle ground. Right. Like like we shouldn't That's be two extremes. Yeah. We, we yeah, shouldn't be jeopardizing going with
1: extremes right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. there's there's just too much going on from from that lens and yeah like you said with the all-star game it's like it's come on man we can go a year without an all-star game give people the 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 awards give people the recognition of being an all-star and just leave it at that right like let's have it let's have a shutdown let's let's go um spend some time with their families and then bring it back right Uh, so so kudos to to LeBron, to Giannis, to KD and like all the other stars that are kind of stepping up and just like putting their foot down because you have the power in this league, right? It is your league when your biggest stars are talking like this. You have all the power in the world. So, you know, put your foot down and and kind of say no to these really stupid kind of proposals that the that the league is is putting forth. Um and and I guess another thing that kind of pisses me off about the league, I guess while we're on this this one tangent. Have you been seeing kind of like what Shaq has been saying to some of the players in like My gosh. And stuff like that? Like it's I've not even this funny anymore. I've, I've brought this up before on the podcast and people go back to listen about how the NBA does such a bad job at marketing its talent and and a, such a bad job at like showcasing talent. And a perfect example, and a perfect example of, of of this is watch kind of the interviews that Shaq has been having with these players post-game on Inside the NBA, a show that I actually like from an entertainment perspective because I like the crew. But like Shaq and Charles Barkley complaining about the game and what's going on, the the, the color commentators and like the every and the announcers complaining during these games, contrast that with what's going on in football. Because I've been trying to watch more football this season. And football, don't get me wrong, there is a lot wrong in football. To but one thing i do appreciate is the commentators are always so appreciative of what they're watching they're always so like impressed by what they're watching they're always you know stepping up the talent you have like tony romo calling games talking about like oh i was never this good these guys could run circles around me there's so much better look at how smart he is look at how far you can throw things like that like you have like people that are so impressed by the game watch the super bowl tomorrow watch how they call the game i'm confident that you're just going to be shocked like i watch football and i'm like wait like The announcers, former retired players are appreciating what's occurring before them. They're not talking about how bad the game is now, how everybody just, you know, they throw it on fourth instead of punting it and like all these other things. It's like, like what? Like this is so foreign to me. Have you noticed like that similar trend that's been happening? Like every time you turn on basketball, there are very few announcers that like I have a very, I very enjoy like listening to. Otherwise, I'm like, man, why am I listening to someone complaining? Dude. just yesterday, it was, I
1: think, like uh, 10, 109, 110. I forgot what the exact score was between the Raptors and the Nets. Fourth quarter, maybe a couple minutes left. Kyle Lowry hits in this insane three. They're not even, they don't even react to it. Mm-hmm. Nobody, this is a huge clutch three point shot to bring the Raptors up in a game where, you know, both teams are clawing to victory. Lowry hits this amazing three and not a single reaction, not even like a, wow, great shot by Mm Lowry. You'll get that from baseball. You'll get that. You'll get that from football, but basketball, it's again, it's like a sport of extremes and it's so frustrating because I almost feel like you can't get the good without the bad, but I wish there was a balance. Mm -hmm. Like for example, between Shaq and Charles Barkley at the end of the day, this is their personality. They're not putting up a front like, Oh, I'm going to make sure I really hate on ball today. They're old heads that legitimately think what they say and, and kudos to them. Like that's, they they're being their genuine selves. I like that part at the same time, you know, it's, it's frustrating and annoying But they also bring such entertainment that you can't, like, you need to accept them for who they are. Mm -hmm. But I just wish there was more of a balance because when it's bad, it's bad. The stuff that he said to Donovan Mitchell was so unwarranted and it was so silly. Mm -hmm. It was not professional at all. And that's the reason why players like Mitchell or players like maybe John Moran, whatever, these younger players are never going to get their shine because you have these old heads constantly putting them down. It's bad for the sport. What's going to happen with LeBron Leafs? What's going to happen when you know, all these different players start to grow up but you only have young talent? Are you just not going to showcase them anymore? Are you going to talk about back in your day in the 90s? Who cares? It's 2021, dude.
0: You, you have like Charles Barkley talking about like, man, nobody wants to watch this sport anymore. All they do is jack up threes every day. I'm like... Like probably, I like, like that. I love like, watching people like, jack w- like up. What are you doing? You're not marketing the, the sport anymore. Right. And, and the league does, you know, I'm fine with the entertainment aspect of it. Right. But you need to have people that call the game that actually like that can describe what's going on. Like, Here's the thing: when I watch football, I come in from the perspective of not knowing like anything about it, right? Like I watch a few games a year, kind of thing, and I'm watching it, and I'm learning about the game as I'm watching. I'm getting, I'm developing a, a liking for it, and I'm learning about it. I don't think I could say the same about basketball. I don't think someone who doesn't know about basketball, if they sat and watched a basketball <laughs> oh game, I don't God. know if they would learn anything off the no. broadcast, right? No like, way. Like Learn about what's happening on the floor, what kind of plays were being called, what's the right thing to do off of this kind of inbound and stuff like that. And and the league just needs to do a better job of that because you're not going to grow your fan base if, if you're not like, teaching people about what's happening here right like watching basketball with someone like if i'm watching basketball with Yaman or something like that she'll watch a few games a year like i'm fine i find that i'm like the entire time i'm having to like explain stuff because the 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 announcers aren't doing a good job at it right they're not explaining anything so it's um the the league's just got to get better at that right like the league and and the media that they choose to represent the league because it's all contracts the nba allows tnt to broadcast these games the nba allows all these local uh, uh broadcasters to to call the games right they need to get better at at who is the face of this of this uh who is the voice and who is the face of this sport when they broadcast it
1: Like I'm fine with Shaq and Charles Barkley being themselves because again, as I said before, you can't take the good without accepting the bad, Mm -hmm. but what you can control is when you're putting the camera on them and when you're giving them the microphone. Yeah. Because that, as we, as we had mentioned, this can severely affect how the sport is looked at. You're absolutely right. I didn't learn a single thing watching basketball, Mm -hmm. watching those games with the commentators. I learned more looking at things like maybe like detail by Colby or watching YouTube videos, b-ball breakdown, whatever. I learned more about the sport through videos like that. But that shouldn't be the case before you would learn a sport by watching the sport. It seems silly, but that's how it should be. You should yeah. learn by watching, not by doing extra additional extracurricular homework and searching things up on YouTube. That's not how it should be. You should watch a sport and learn from that.
0: One, one of the saddest things that happened uh, this off season was Stan Van Gundy got a coaching job, He coaching the Pelicans now. And as a result of that, he's no longer calling games. He was one of my favorite announcers for, for calling games, right? Like, he would explain because he was a coach he had literally just been coaching like the last season or whatever like he would explain things he's like he's like it's a timeout he's like this is what the code team wants to do at a time like this going through a coach's mind this is what's going on the players are going to want to do this they're going to and i'm like learning so much watching him right and and some of the more recent former players are also good at this like richard jefferson listening to him on 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 the brooklyn yes broadcast and stuff like that sometimes it's like you you learn things about what's going on in the league and and some of those intricate But then, but then like for every one of those, you have like 10, like, I don't know, like Charles Barkley-esque type players that are just like constantly repeating like these tropes over and over again and stuff like that. It's like, I'm not learning anything listening to this, right? Mm -hmm. What's the point? Just listen to it on mute, right? And listen to some music or something instead.
1: Yeah. The thing about the sport of basketball is it has all these negative things associated with it. But mm-hmm. ask me if I'm going to stop watching. Not a single chance. <laughs> and we and need Allen Al- Iverson. That's they, what. We need. Oh my God. We I love that. Al- I love AI, man. I, no I, I no watched him on the, the new generation more than him. Oh my God. I watched this guy on the, uh, the Matt Barnes, you know, like the uh, all the smoke podcast. Yeah amazing episode. You can just tell how humble this dude is. And, you know, you can even tell that he wasn't humble before, but through hard lessons, he learned to be humble. You can even tell that in his voice and in the way that he speaks. He's such a wise person. Yeah, Um, that would be that would be so sick, man. That'd be a dream come true. But man, with all of these things that's going on with the NBA right now, they just drew you in. It's so difficult to stop watching. But there are such there are so many things that's wrong with the league that should be highlighted and should be corrected. And action needs to take place to correct these things, especially, you know, talk about the commentators, fine, whatever. They don't do that, okay, I'll live with it. But I am absolutely not going to stand by for this COVID stuff. That's ridiculous. Uh, The All Star game should absolutely not take place this year. Mm -hmm. Courtside Karens should not be yelling at LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one should be courtside, first of all. There are certain things that should take place. And I kind of wish that Chris Paul and the NBPA or whatever. Like they should take a higher, you know, like they should speak out more regarding this because yeah. it's insane. If we can see it, they're the ones living it, mm-hmm. you know. Like they should all be enraged just as we are because it's yeah. unacceptable.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think we're probably gonna get some of that in the, in the coming days and weeks. Um, I I think everything's kind of reaching a breaking point when when it comes to stuff like this. I think the NBPA is gonna put out a a statement probably and. And we're going to start seeing stuff. And again, we're going to start seeing who gets their information from the players and who gets their information from the leagues when it comes to these reporters. you are going to have some reporters staunchly defending the league and others that are, you know, defending the players. So it'll be interesting to see how how things go. But, you know, a lot a lot wrong with the sport. But, you know, I mean, we're hooked. We ain't going anywhere. Going so we're, we're, we're stuck with it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll keep at it, you know. Ben, I think this was, uh, I think this was a great episode, right? I, we had a bit of a hiatus and, and coming back to something like this, I feel like I'm getting into my mid season form, which I'm excited about.
1: And there's still a lot more to discuss. I mean, yeah. like we kind of did a uh, a general roundup of some of the teams that we are interested in. We didn't even yeah. touch the West, so expect that in a future episode. There's still a lot to talk about with the Suns, the yeah. Clippers, the Lakers, Dallas. How's Luca doing? We didn't, based off what we had planned out and what we had actually talked about. There's still a lot more to discuss. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So
1: follow us on uh, Instagram at the Session Ball. Watch us on YouTube. I think it's a lot more personal when you can actually see us on video. So you'll find us, um, the session, a basketball podcast on YouTube. All of our episodes are uploaded in full. Um, A lot of editing and work gets done behind it. So if you can like, subscribe, and uh, um, and and put that you know like that notification bell on. It would mean a lot to us. Um, and more than that, just interact with us. We're always here to talk. We're always here to discuss ball. We love doing it. Um, yep. Even if it's not ball related, we just love interaction. So be sure to do that as well.
0: One hundred percent. You know, come check us out on Instagram at, at the session ball. Again, that's the session ball uh you know give us a follow you will get a heads up when a new episode's up and you know we'll put out a poll at some point i think for probably you know a mailbag pod maybe the next episode or the one after that so we'll start compiling some questions i think that'll be nice you know get a chance to for us to answer one of your questions it could be general or you know best basketball related and other than that, you know, like Ben said, keep those interactions up and, you know, keep letting us know your thoughts about the episode, whether it's a rating on the listening platform you're listening to, you know, Apple podcasts, feel free to leave a review that really does help us out. Or if it's on Instagram in our comment section or YouTube comment section, again, we just appreciate hearing from you. So if you made it this far into the video, I think, you know, probably worth a, a like, subscribe and a comment like Ben said. And, uh, you know, I think that's it for me. So from everyone here at the session, uh, as I get the music queued up
1: from everyone here at the session, thank you so much for continuing. It's 2021 and we're still here. We got started in 2019, but we're still doing big things. So Omar, let's continue. We got this. We love it. And we'll see you at the next episode. Peace.